what's up another episode of Rope Effect Podcast. I'm your host, Ricardo Verandes, also known as Ricky Verandes. We have another swap cast, the Tinfoil Ripple Farm Report, representing the Corbett Report, James Corbett, representing the Tinfoil Hat Podcast, Sam Tripoli, and representing the Conspiracy Farm Podcast today is UFC legend Pat Militich. Uh, this is the second time we've done one of these. The first time we did it, Jeffrey Wilson from the Conspiracy Farm Podcast, the other host of, of the show, uh, join us. Hopefully, uh, in future shows, he'll also be joining us. So check that out. All these guests have been on a bunch of times. So go back in the archives, check out the past appearances. We've had tons of great conversations, and really looking forward to uh, doing more of these tinfoil Rip a Farm Report shows. It's fun to get this many people together that are willing to uh, talk about things they agree on, but also talk about things they disagree on, showing that you can have civil discussions and debate and you're not stuck to your ideas and you're willing to have your ideas challenged and, and share your ideas. Uh, it's really interesting. Plus, anytime you can kind of just bounce perspectives and stuff off people you respect, I think it's really beneficial. I always learn so much from these discussions. Hopefully you guys do too. Uh, support these guests. Uh, most of them have patreon pages if not you can support them directly from the website on our youtube channel called rv theory 6 or you can just look up the ripple effect podcast i always have links to their websites and any so social media pages they might have so it's an easy way to connect with the guests and support the the guests if, if you'd like to uh, it goes a long way if every listener downloader just supported a dollar it would go a long way i mean bandwidth storage all this stuff uh, costs money i just bought a new mixer you know my old one was a uh, kind of having some issues so i had to upgrade that you know th th all this stuff is you know like i said it costs money so but if you can't support financially share the show that goes a long way also i'm always telling you guys you never know who's listening who's clicking on that article or documentary or podcast that that you like that you might have found interesting you never know who clicked on it and also finds it interesting and you might slowly be changing their perspectives or maybe getting them to go down a rabbit hole that uh, they weren't aware of so uh, that's super important and um and these type of podcasts i think are super important too just like i said to be to be able to show that you can have these civil discussions and uh with people that you don't necessarily agree on with everything but on most things you know i don't want to act like we uh we disagree on everything it's this isn't a debate but it's um you know a, a conversation doesn't have to be a debate and it also doesn't have to be an echo chamber of just people regurgitating things you already agree with and and that type of stuff i don't think you gain anything from that you know it's like that saying if you're in uh if you're the smartest guy in the room you're in the wrong room and i'm always making sure i'm in the right room with people who are smarter than me who are going to help mold my perspectives and opinions because they're going to have really well thought out ideas uh to share on uh, certain topics and subjects so uh that's it like i said share tweet review all that stuff uh support the shows and uh, if you like the music that you hear in the podcast, it's my music project called Theory 6, which is kind of taking a back burner, taking a back seat, I should say, to the podcast uh, with kids and, and limited time. Uh, it's something I had to give, and it's a music project for the time being. Uh, maybe when the kids get a little older, I'll have a little bit more time to focus on the music. But for now, if you, if you like the music that you hear, you can get it anywhere. You can get digital downloads. That's also in the show description. So if you go on our YouTube channel, you'll find links to Theory 6 Music so you can support it the show that way too all that money goes to uh, supporting the podcast and uh that's it so thanks again guys really hope you you enjoy this conversation and i'll see you guys on the next one peace look at 
The band is back together. I hear you guys loud and clear. How, how do I sound? Everybody sound good? Yep. Yeah, everybody sounds good. Are we missing Pat? Yeah. I, I use his number. I don't know what his number is. Hold on. Let me see if he can join us. Yeah, I talked to Jeff earlier, and he uh, he's like, yeah, because he, he mentioned that he might not be able to make it, but he's like, yeah, Pat's definitely in. And uh, so I just wrote him an email to uh, Jeff, just let him know that we're, we're ready. And if Pat uh, joins in, just let me know on Skype, and I can I can throw him into the call. Perfect, dude. It's good to see you on camera, buddy, this time, you know? <laughs> you, you graduated the FaceTime. That's great to see. Yes, yes. <laughs> But uh, yeah, well, the nice thing is, I, I'm I think Skype you can have up to you know like 20 people on a conference call. So I don't I don't know why we had that issue last time. And, and honestly, the conversation started, and I didn't want to like stop the conversation and be like, hey, let me try this, let me try that. And I'm like, you know what, forget about it. Oh, you know, most people listen to podcasts anyways. They don't they don't watch them. But uh, you know, we're a good group, uh, good looking group of guys. So it is nice to get all really the things done. Really are <laughs> the best looking I guy. think sexy when I see this group. <laughs> This is the pan. This is the panty dropper podcast right here. <laughs> New name, but uh, yeah, we might as well start. I mean, we'll we'll wait till till we hear from Pat. Uh, if I if I end up uh, getting a call or something from him, I will. Uh, you know, I'll end up uh, putting him in in the, the call. But um, but thanks guys, thanks for being with me. Uh, I really appreciate it. the last podcast went really well. Uh, it's amazing. I don't know if you guys are getting a lot of this on your on your show, but I'm getting a lot of people uh, telling me thank you that. You know, I'm doing a show, and then I think you guys are probably uh, getting the same type of responses because you guys are doing a, a very similar type of show for being open-minded and and not joining. Because right now, it seems like now more than ever, you, and maybe it was always like this, but it just seems more obvious now, or more people are contacting me in regards of it. You, it it's like people are even in the alternative media, people are being tribal, where it's like you're either f everything Trump does is good, or everything he does is bad. Or, you know, even the Venezuela thing, which is huge in the news uh, recently, it's like you're getting this rhetoric of, of communism and socialism to justify intervention again. And people are like falling for this trick over and over again. And I'm just like, dude, look at Libya. Look at the mess that we left in Libya, you know, with open, you know, trades out and open and uh, human uh, trafficking. Slave trades, yeah. yeah. Slave trades. I mean, look at what's going on all over the world. And uh, and people still fall for this this nonsense, you know, and uh, are you guys getting a lot of that type of response? Like people just thinking, because both of you are, are very similar to, to, to myself, and I think that's why we all get along and and, uh, and, and why we do these podcasts, is that you just look at the, the evidence and you, you don't, you know that it's all theater, it's just puppets, and people fall for this political nonsense. It's almost like people like... I almost feel like it, it's it's almost like no offense, women who I'm gonna offend them. Like women gossip about you know what's going on in people's lives. Like I feel like people like the gossip of politics. Like oh you know he's a scumbag or you know he's a good guy and and the only reason he didn't pass that bill is because of that. And, and it's like you just like the drama of it, but they don't realize it's all theater and it's all bullshit. Oh, let's tell James's uh, uh, fans immediately that uh, there is gonna be swearing in this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I do get comments on that every time I'm on here. <laughs> someone complaining that oh, there's too many swears in this, or is someone uh, thanking me for not swearing? So yeah, <laughs> I am going to do my best to not swear. <laughs> well, I think it's refreshing. Uh, on that note, yeah. though, yeah, uh, there are people who do uh, occasionally do get thanks for that kind of what you're the, ex the sentiment you're expressing. But then there are the other people who call me a shill for not playing along with the game. But I mean, they're the oldest tricks in the book. 
these same old manipulations. We we con- constantly bash our heads against the wall. How can people be falling for this time after time after time after time? But they're the oldest tricks in the book because they work. They work a lot of the time on a lot of the people, and they don't need to get everyone on board, just enough people to keep the system floating along, right? For me, it's just uh, we call them goldfish on my show. They just only remember what's in front of them and nothing behind them or what happened in the past. I always say conspiracy theorists are more historians than anything. We're scorekeepers. We keep the score. We don't remember it. Uh, I'm What I'm seeing a lot right now in in this in the world of truth is uh, a lot of parodying, a lot of just regurgitation of phrases, words, and thoughts said to them by people on um, on the on the uh, uh, just in the news or whether it's Twitter or anything like that, and just that you know still holding like it's it's hilarious to me as like Russian collusion just dies. And NBC News puts out that there's nothing there. And then MSNBC doubles down that there is something there. And people will cling to that MSNBC thing. And it's not even that they they think it's right. Just they don't want to be wrong. And they're doubling down on not being wrong. It's almost like they'd rather uh, be right than do right. And that's kind of what we're up against. Again, I'm on no sides. You know, it's like within my show, we call it Ronin. We have no masters. We just, we just well, you know. I like you, James. I get called everything from gay, shill, Jew, uh, alt right, because only people hear when I make fun of their side. They never hear when I'm making fun of their the other side because to that makes sense. It doesn't register. Only when I call out their side does it matter. So I become this other this monster when they don't realize I I kind of call out hypocrisy and tyranny on both sides. Yeah, and. Yeah, can go, James. Well, I, I was just uh, I was just going to bring up. Uh, I was reading an article the other day on the American Conservative dot com um, by Robert Mary. I don't know; it's not a great article overall, but he makes an excellent point about the narrative that controls people's reaction to the exact same set of facts. And he's saying he's talking in the context of this new revelation about the uh, the Twenty Fifth Amendment and the deep state coup against Trump kind of thing. But he's saying. Those exact same facts mean exactly opposite things to people who believe narrative A, that, you know, whatever, uh, Trump is Hitler and blah, 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 or narrative B, the people Trump is the savior, blah, 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 blah. They can take the exact same facts and take them in exact opposite directions. This is this is a great thing. This is a wonderful thing. This is the, you know, civil servants doing their job and upholding the Constitution. Or this is the undermining of the Constitution. This is the end of America (laughs) from the exact same set of facts. And that's the point, really. We are controlled by narrative, not facts. And which narrative do you believe determines which way this exact same set of, of, of data can be interpreted? That, a great point about that is the steel dossier, dozer, whatever it is. I, I still don't know how to, what to call it, but um, uh, how like people will go, oh, nothing's been disproven in that. Well, nothing's been proven in it either. So it's like both sides are kind of right. So it's like depending on what you're looking for, yes, you can't disprove something that's never been proven, and you can't prove something that's been, never been disproven. So it's like you get whatever you want, and that's almost this kind of game that they have going on. Yeah, you see people do it all the time. You have a conversation with somebody, and they just justify 
everything they somebody they like they'll just justify all their actions they'll be like oh you know there's a bigger plan or he had to do that because of this or because of that but if somebody on the other side does it it's like oh he's corrupt it's a you know this and i'm like do you not see what you're doing you're contradicting yourself and it just it's so amazing how how uh, people can't see through that even if they're very logical people in regards to everything else but it, it does seem like the, you know trump is one of those you know, presidents that people absolutely love with a passion or hate with a passion. There's like no in between. So you have, you've created two extreme sides. There's no moderate. There's no, you know, which is funny because when he first ran, you know, the, the Republicans didn't really like him. The, the the Democrats didn't really like him. And he actually said some things that made sense. The problem is he didn't do any of those things. And, you know, he talked about the TPP, he talk, you know, how that was bad. He he called out all the politicians about they took how they took money from, um, you know, uh, from lobbyists and all this stuff and from from himself, too, how he took money from Trump and uh, and kind of like looked like he was kind of pulling the curtain back. But I think uh, that's why a lot of people, I, I, they kind of looked at it like, OK, yeah, maybe there's a chance. But the thing is, you see it. And, and James, I mean, he he executed it perfectly in his, his uh, fill the Trump uh, or it's filling the swamp uh, uh, video that at the end of the day, it's like the cabinet, the advisors, the people around him are always the same people. And when you look where the, you know, who the Mercers and all these people who gave him money and and help, like there's I mean, it's just a lot of influence from the outside that people don't realize. And and uh, Sam's talked about it, you know, numerous of times, it's like the people who are really pulling the strings, people who have serious influence you don't know their names, you know, they're not the typical, like just the Koch brothers or the, you know, the common, uh, you know, the Soros, you know, people like to throw these names and it's like, yeah, they have influence, but it's much more complex and intricate. A lot of times people say, you know, they poo poo a, a conspiracy because they're like, oh, they like people believe in conspiracies because it's just it's easier than believing the truth. And it's like, no, a lot of times it's much more complex. If you look oh, yeah. at the conspiracy, it's much more complex. Yeah. But that actually feeds into what you were saying before about people wanting the drama. And I think that is an important point of what's going on here. I mean, this is infotainment to a large extent. And no better, I mean, literal example of that is the fact there's a reality TV star as president. I mean, that says something about what's going yeah. on here. People want the reality TV drama. A, a man who literally took part in that, you know, fake wrestling nonsense garbage. Yeah. People watch clips of him in wrestling and then watch him, you know, delivering a speech from the president's uh, podium. It's the exact same thing, right? People want the infotainment. And honestly, it's much more interesting about real world events to have that kind of drama and infotainment than, than about some, you know, I mean, no one watches. We used to all watch the same show because it was always on at the same time and, you know, broadcast to everyone at the same moment. But now we don't have that cultural thing bringing us together. So now politics is the infotainment of the 21st century. And unfortunately, yeah, it means we don't talk about anything of substance. We're talking about what's dangled in front of us. And of course, all of the things that we're being fed right now are things that are dangled in front of us because it doesn't fundamentally affect the system. I couldn't agree more, man. I could not agree more. I actually believe that this kind of, you know, here in the States, I'm watching, the, you know, network television, whether it's news or entertainment. And what they're doing doesn't make any sense to me. So it almost is like the ratings, they know what the ratings are so bad that they're just doing stuff to kind of get us all to fight with each other. So we stop watching this. They actually kill off this old medium to move us to this new medium of internet where there are no rules. So like with the news, there's somewhat kind of established news that we demand this sort of level of respect and excellence, whether it's met anymore 
who knows, but this kind of standard that we kind of hold. And when it goes to the internet, there it's the Wild West, man. There could be propaganda, it could be real, it could be fake, and it, it doesn't matter. So they want everybody to go to the news, go to the internet to get their news, because you won't know it's real. And I'm going to get news from one source, you guys are going to get news from another source, you're going to get news from another source, and we're not going to get the same information. So we're literally living in all these almost parallel realities we're like we're all in the same place but we have a different view of it and we're never going to connect and that to me is all done on purpose so that we don't come together i mean for me dude this movement to with misinformation has really stemmed from the fact that i mean if you look back at vietnam that was a weird moment for this country we're like the powers that be realized we gotten so smart that we all came together and said no more war and you see all those videos and a white man, a black man, a, a, a Mexican woman, straight, gay, everybody marching together to end these wars. And I feel like that scared them. And so now, like, since this 19-year this war we've been in, all we're seeing is, like, misinformation, fighting, fighting, fighting. This guy lying about getting lynching and everybody's fighting over it. And it, it wasn't true. And this stuff is, like, I think there's just a lot of agents of chaos and agents of provocateurs that are just out there to keep us from focusing on the fact that we are in, we are stormtroopers right now, and we're kicking in brown people and poor people countries' doors and stealing their resources, and we don't know what's going on. That we're sending our sons and daughters to die in banker wars, and they don't want us to focus on that, so we fight with each other. Yeah. No. No. Yeah. No. Nothing right. new under the sun. Um, yeah. The, this whole. I mean. We could get into the meta conspiracy then, because the 60s counterculture was itself partially engineered. Sure. Um, sure. And we know all of, the, I mean, the CIA distributing the LSD and all of that. But even beyond that, um, you had back in the 40s, uh, starting, I think, 45-ish, they started with the cybernetics conferences, where they brought together all of these people who were basically going to be the the, the leading scientists in MKUltra. Um, and other, you know, uh, related fields who were talking about the best way to engineer society as a whole, mass psychology, and how do we do this? Well, basically, you know, reduce mind to brain. It's just, you know, it's just a physical, biological machine. So all we have to do is figure out what inputs to put in to get the expected output. It's all just one big algorithm. And how do we do this? And they knew, well, in order to to basically get all of those perturbations out of the system, the things that we don't like, like creativity and things like that, ooh, you know, humans acting on their own and doing things we don't, we, we can't uh, uh, calculate, well, we have to have change agents in there to direct them in this direction or that direction so that they can't get too far outside of the system. Th this has been talked about and researched for at least 70 years by this point. And uh, a lot of that history, of course, you know, who knows about that history, but it's there and it's documentable. And uh, people like uh, True Stream Media did a four-hour documentary on the minds of men, talking, laying this out, how uh, all these crazy, you know, MKUltra-type experiments were part of a much broader system of control that is now so far refined I mean, that was 70 years ago. What are, the, yeah. what are the secret conferences that are going on today that we might find out about 70 years from now if there's anyone with a thinking brain left to find out about them at that point? Couldn't agree more, ma'am. I mean, like, just look at this thing with the Colin Kaepernick. I don't know if you guys have seen this, where these, they settled out of court. There'll never be the documents out. The minimum, I think, is 50 mil. 
And it was all done on purpose. Like these billionaires who own these NFL teams, they, they make the like the the NFL team is their side project. Like it's like when a guy's a basketball player and he's a rapper, it's like that's his side project. That's the, what these teams are. So these guys all make their money in real like oil, uh, uh, st- you know, stock markets, all the stuff where the real money is, right? So they use this kind of this side thing that's a huge thing in America, but it's their side thing. So they have no problem with kind of messing with it a little bit. So you create this chaos about men, you know, black men kneeling and how disrespectful that is to the military. So now, once again, we have black versus white and chaos breaks out. And then... They just decide to end it. They throw this guy 50, 60 mil, and, th- and that, then we move on without any real understanding what was going on and what was said in those emails. And I guarantee you, it was like, let's just cause chaos. I mean, like, the biggest, the, I mean, the, the biggest owner in the NFL is from Walmart, man. The rest of them are oil tycoons. I mean, these guys have a lot of money in getting us all fighting. To, they have a lot of, uh, they have a lot invested in getting us all to fight with each other. So this thing, knee, not knee, is a, is a great issue for them to fight with each other, get us all fighting with each other. So uh, I'm not too familiar with the Kaepernick uh, story. What, what emails are you referring to? Okay, so basically there was, uh, after this spree of shooting, Colin Kaepernick, who was uh, was doing well as a quarterback, was starting to slide. His, his old coach left, new coach, wasn't playing that well. So him and a bunch of uh, other African-American players started taking knees yeah, to yeah. fight, um, you know, uh, police brutality. That was then spun into disrespecting the military, and then all chaos broke loose, and you couldn't stop talking about it, and everybody was fighting yeah. all over it. What? And then at the end of the day, but there was all these emails and documents about what that was really going on that will never be released. They all signed gag orders that they'll never discuss the actual guts of the case, and we'll never know. But everybody involved made a lot of money off it. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I didn't know that part of it. I know that, you know, and this is the thing is they use nationalism. To, I mean, you go to a, you know, I went to a, a local, like, small hockey team game yesterday with the kids and the family, and everybody's, you know, putting their hand on their chest during a national anthem, and I'm looking around, and I'm just like, every, you know, everybody's so proud of that flag, and it's like, yeah, it represents a lot of good shit, but also represents a lot of bad shit, too, and it's like, it's, it's one of those things where it just, it's slowly just brainwashing you into believing, like, whatever this flag tells you is the right thing to do. You just go along with it. You know, put your, you know, put your hand on, on your heart and, and just know that we're always the good guys and we're always out, you know. And it's like, it, it's just, it, it's amazing how, how, you know, how nationalism and, and something as, you know, that you think is harmless as being patriotic can, can you know, can be used for, for, for bad. And uh, even the Kaepernick thing, I, I, the story goes, I believe, uh, that he he didn't want to stand up for the, the national anthem. And then he talked to some veterans. Some veterans said, well, some, a way of protesting but yet still being respectful is kneeling. And he was actually told by veterans because they're like, well, you know, um, kneeling is, is a way of showing, you know, respect, but it's not completely disrespecting uh, people. And, and so it really was blown out of proportion. But another thing people don't tell you is all those jets to fly over, you know, the Super Bowl game and all that stuff, that's all paid by taxpayers. All these, you know, all this stuff that, that they do for, um, you know, to, to, for entertainment, you know, having Marines there and, and all this, you know, all this stuff. I mean, it's all paid by taxpayers for the purpose of, 
of uh of you know making people feel you know patriotic and 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 kind of falling for it and uh and maybe it's me being a foreigner that i don't know if it was maybe just me being a foreigner that i did just didn't fall for it but it just it, it is one of those things where you you look around and you feel like you're in some uh some church you don't belong to and everybody's like really deep into this trance except you and you feel like this outsider and you're just like you know, it, it, it is. Yeah. And, and again, I, I can't say, you know, America's one of those countries like we have the freedom to, to have this conversation. You know, we're not completely, um, you know, spied on and, and or have no freedoms. But yet it doesn't. And it almost seems like if you say anything negative about uh, the country you live in, then it's like, well, why don't you go live in another country? Why don't you, you know, and uh, what was it? Barry Crimmins who had the, the joke like, oh, the reason why I don't go live in another country is I don't want to be a victim to uh, America's foreign policy. So even though I complain about it, you know, I live here because I don't want to be a victim to the, this is the safest place to be, you know? And, um, but it is, it's one of those tricks where it's like, if you speak out against something, uh, it, you know, you say they, they, they've done any harm, people look at you like you're this anti-American person and it's like no i love this country but the most patriotic thing you can do is speak out against the bad shit because you know and the government's only it it, it doesn't it's not just the government that represents the you know the country the, the the people represent the country the the culture the music the the friends you have the family that was raised in in, in that country like the, unfortunately you know and you talked about vietnam vietnam's a perfect example there's a lot of people who lived in this country who were anti that war so what the government was doing wasn't representative of what the people wanted they were just kind of doing their own shit anyways you know and then it's just you have to talk the public into kind of going going along and and uh, use propaganda yeah, I probably should have had a question at the end of that uh, long. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, look, I mean, we're we're broadly on the same page with regards to these problems. The real question is, what's the solutions? And the, I think the there's solution? three kind of meta ways that we can handle and approach this. One is to say, this is human nature. Human nature is such that we will en masse kind of flock to these rituals and these symbols and you know that's who we are so the people who are in in charge of this system know that so they take advantage of that by giving you this piece of cloth to worship or whatever it is so they can all rally around and hitting team red versus team blue they know how to pit us against each other in them in because of the way our psychology is that's human nature so in that sense, if we take that route, then our response will be, well, then we should make use of that and we should create our symbols and we should direct you know, human psychology in this way so that we can get people on board with the truth, right? right. Uh, the other, uh, Another response would be to say, well, no, it's not human nature. It's not immutable. There are people who, s- who slip through the cracks, the cons- crazy-eyed conspiracy theorists, right, who, who can get out of that engineered uh, system. So maybe we should be trying to get other people out of the matrix, jack them out. Um, it's not it's not human nature or it's not uh, doesn't have to be that way. And then the third response would be to say, well, uh, you know, I can't control what other people are doing or thinking. I can't I can't affect that directly. I can control what happens to me and my mind. So I'm going to withdraw myself from this. And I, I think there's merits to each of those approaches. But I wonder which one appeals to you guys the most. So, well, I mean, I mean, I like popping minds. I mean, that's kind of the fun stuff, but I've learned that we have to do it scientifically. Uh, I think maybe it's a little bit of both. That's a great question. I mean, I do think hurting is uh, pack mentality is, I don't know if it's human nature, but it's definitely 
animal nature, mammal nature, which we all are. So this whole thing is like us versus them, you know. And I think the United States is a very, and, and Europe is this too. It's like this new kind of movement where it's like we're not all of one race. We're not all of one group. So it's not as easy to tell who's on whose side. Back, you know, if I go to China, you know who's Chinese. It's very, it's like everywhere, you know. But you go to parts of Europe and part of the United and the United States, we don't all look necessarily necessarily alike. So we're like we're trying to create connections through philosophies instead of ethnic groups, and uh, that's and I think that's what they're using to their advantage to get us all to fight with each other. I think it's a little bit of both. I think we have to be like, listen, our nature is to be us versus them, but we gotta understand there is no us, there is no them. There's all of us. And we're all, in my opinion, it sounds like some kumbaya stuff, but it's like, dude, they're bombing them. Eventually, it's going to come for us. You know, when we talk about Venezuela and socialism, when we talk about Greece and how this is a socialist country that needs a bailout, well, what's going on with the United States and China? When China is just bailing us out constantly, constantly sending us money to make up the gap for the money we don't have the, for this military that we got. What happens when they pull their notes? We're going to become Greece very quickly. We're going to become Venezuela very quickly. So this notion that this capitalist society, which this country's running on a capitalism that was not the capitalism that made us great. This is like a cronyism capitalism that through time, all these uh, deregulation, deregulation, deregulation has made it into cronyism. So I mean, we got to watch ourselves, man. When we start getting us versus them, we start demonizing people. We start falling for the same propaganda over and over again. It won't be long till it's turned on us, man. And I think that's a very dangerous thing. And that's the message I think we got to get to everybody. They can go for them, but they will eventually come for us. Like we see in like these super uh, liberal, I don't know if you call them progressives, where they're they're just attacking all the alt-right guys or the, the right and they don't remember that censorship came right to left before book burning, uh, making people's lifestyles have to be behind uh, closed doors or in dark rooms. Like that was the censorship. Now it's the other way around where you're not like, oh, if you hurt feelings, you're a bad guy. We got to get rid of you. It will come back around again. And that's what you have to understand. If they're doing it to them, they'll eventually do it to you. And I think that's a message we got to get out. That's just my opinion. Yeah, no, I, I think that's you hit on a, a really important topic, especially in the alternative media, it is the the censorship, the fact that you say anything and people will say they're they're, um, you know, you're offending this person or you can't say that and you can't, you know, it's uh, you know even the um, you know not to bring up Alex Jones and the Sandy Hook thing, but the interesting thing about that was the fact that just him questioning it was such a crime and. My thing was like, okay, well, has anybody looked into it? Has anybody looked at what, well, you know, is there any any dots that he's connecting to the claims? It's it, There's so many times that these stories are just like, that's ridiculous to question. How dare you? And nobody looks into it. And I'm not saying it was fake or it wasn't fake or whatnot. There was some, some parts of the story that didn't make sense. And I think that the same way I think it's ridiculous if you're in Germany, you can't talk about the Holocaust or, or whatever. I think no conversation should be off the table. I think people should have the freedom to talk about anything they want, no matter how 
crazy it sounds or how ridiculous. I mean, because you look at history. I mean, if we're talking about the Earth being round when everybody thought the Earth was flat, that sounded crazy until eventually uh, people realized. And, and now I guess we're going backwards again, but uh, realized that the Earth was round. But I think that's it's really important to to look at all conversations. You, you talked about uh, James reading an article on a conservative website. I think that's another thing that's a huge issue is the fact that people will just live in an echo chamber of just reading things, reading what, uh, articles in, uh, from people that they, they already agree with on websites that they already agree with. And there's been times I've talked to people and I'm like, oh, I'm like, you know what, maybe you should watch this documentary or I'll send you this article. And before they read the article or do anything, they say, oh, what's his face wrote it? That liberal you know, uh, a hole. I'm not gonna read anything from him. He, he's he's a uh, he's you know he's all liberal, whatever, blah. Or the, the opposite. You know, the same thing happens on the other side. It's like, oh, that alt right guy. Oh, he's crazy. This. It's like you can get people might be a extremist on one side, but somebody who's an extremist on the left, who's trying to expose Trump might actually do some actual journalism and find something that he did and expose a story. Maybe not for noble or good, pure reasons maybe for selfish reasons of trying to make him look bad but it doesn't mean that you ignore the facts and same thing on the other side of you know so i think you see a lot of that too where just people will ignore any information from a person just be, you know if it's abby martins it's like oh well she's a socialist you know so screw you know screw her work or or if it's uh you know somebody on the right you know oh, like screw that person you know it's like you don't have to believe everything somebody says but if you find good information on on somebody's website or they write a good article look at it you know to consider it and then you know you filter out the the, the bullshit but you know you it doesn't mean somebody can't make a good point just because you don't agree with them yeah, it's thing. funny that you bring that up, actually, because uh, last weekend in my subscriber newsletter, I linked to an article by Caitlin Johnstone about how to how to tell if someone is controlled opposition, something like that. And the, the whole article is basically saying you'll never know. You can't know. You'll you'll never see into the minds of other people. You don't know what what their secret intention is. Maybe they're secretly acting a certain way so they can get you on board so that they can sell you blah blah blah. The whole point of the article is you don't know. You'll never know. You can't you can't tell. So if there is something that they say that you agree with that's useful, that's valuable, that you information you can use, then great. Bring that on board and use that. Uh, and don't don't look to them as some kind of all encompassing savior that you have to agree one hundred percent or zero percent. You know, there you can use information where you know whenever you find it. And it's funny because some of the the comments on my own site from some of the people in the comment section are basically saying, you know, oh yeah, but Caitlin Johnstone is controlled opposition. She's a chill, and and completely missing the the actual point of that article. The point, which even you know, it's saying basically, even if I am some controlled opposition chill, whatever, you can agree with this. You can use this piece of information and detach it from the source that it's coming from, which is something that I've attempted to articulate many times over the years I, you know it's an uphill battle because you're exactly right the first thing that people will do when they encounter information they don't want to hear is attack the source yeah attack the i mean source because everyone knows that's the way to dismiss something that you don't want to hear is there's got to be a problem with the source yeah, done and, and what's the perfect example of that you dare to question the 97 percent consensus of climate scientists you're funded by big oil yeah uh, yeah no matter no matter if there's any shred of a proof of evidence of that um of course because i dare to question the 97 percent consensus that has been uh, pointed at me 
kind of humorously, uh, there's a, a site, uh, the Dismog blog, that basically does this. Every time anyone questions anything, oh, they're funded by Big Oil. And I, I had a, a, a sort of a sister website years ago called ClimateGate.tv that I started, where I was posting you know articles questioning this 97% consensus. And the funny thing was... As soon as I did this, the smog blog posted a thing on their blog saying, oh, the climate deniers have their own TV station now. How do they afford this? It must be big oil, which is hilarious to me because not only am I the creator of How Big Oil Conquered the World, you know, talking about the oil industry and the horrible things it's done over the years, but also climategate.tv was literally just it was a website it wasn't a tv station it cost like five dollars a year for the domain or whatever it was and a free website template it was nonsense but of course the first thing they do is attack the source uh someone's giving out information we don't like let's just call them funded by big oil or whoever and you know problem solved we don't have to think about them ever again couldn't agree more. You see this a lot where if uh, it's not one of the three-letter networks, websites, they don't agree with it. Oh, hangthebankers.com. Like, I'm supposed to believe that one. But, I mean, like, the history, like, the demonization of YouTube videos is got to be systematic. It's got to be done by people in power. And here I am calling people shills. But, you know, it's like it's got to be done because – the history of mainstream media has been filled with so many lies over the years for people to defend that versus a guy making a YouTube video. Like the best video, what will it get? Like a, a, a 500,000 views, a million views, whatever that is. But you have these like these networks now that are only getting like a million views. But the, the amount of like propaganda they put out, why would you ever believe people who collect checks from like like Rachel Maddows could never get a job that pays her what she gets paid right now doing her show unless she became a power forward in the NBA and came off the bench she's never gonna get eight million dollars to do anything ever again so why would you believe anything she has to say when it's been proven over and over this whole group are the same people sold us on weapons of mass destruction we know that was a lie. Okay, so why are we sitting there agreeing them with whatever else they're saying to us, whether it's Russia Gate or whatever's going on in Venezuela? There are people who show you, show you the patterns of these guys, and you can watch it happen in real time. Yet they don't want to believe that because they just got to believe that's something that's shiny and that this independent guy is so evil that he wants to put out this whole thing how Rachel Maddows is just taking money from corporations to spread this lie, and he's got to be up to something and wants, he's got to have an alternative motive. And they just go off because it's like the flat earth people, and whatever you believe in, I don't really care. I don't care about flat earth. I know it's a big dish issue for everybody, but there's, to me, believing in the two parties, to me, is more deadly than whether you think we live on a flat surface, a round ball, or a simulation. My life will never change whatever it comes out to be, you know, we know what we all want to believe and we're fine with that. But the two parties, that's more deadly to me. And it's just, and the fact that people are going nuts over these videos, oh my God, YouTube is ruining everything. I don't, what is it ruining? It's only killing the old mechanism and medium that we all know was completely corrupted by first Reagan or probably Nixon, Reagan, then Clinton. They ruined it. They, they ruined it, and, like, I don't know why you still want to believe it when they've been caught lying over and over again. 
Well, I think the YouTube thing is interesting because how many times have you found a, a good researcher on YouTube who made a really good video making a really good point and then you, you'll send it to somebody like, oh, he's a YouTuber. And it, they just kind of, you know, it's like, why, why is this researcher on YouTube, why can't his journalism be equal? Like, just look at the evidence, look at the information. And, and I mean, you, we, I know James has done a, a video on, uh, on Noam Chomsky in the past about his, uh, how he seems to ignore 9-11 quite a bit, and, and, yeah. and, and which is hilarious because it's like he, he believes all this other thing, ma manufacturing consent, and, and he knows about Edward Bernays and how the people are trying to influence the population and social control, but yet, you know, and he knows all the other war crimes that the U.S. has done, but 9-11 seems completely unbelievable. But but the thing is, yeah. it, and and again, what what do we do with that? Do you then throw away all exactly. of the valuable work that Noam Chomsky has done on issues sure. that he's he is right about because he's wrong? So very very wrong about a certain subject. Exactly. Does that mean yeah. that we then throw out all of the actual information that he's given out over the years? Of course not. It means you use the information that's valuable and you discard what's not, and you don't worship people. You look at information, and that's the, again maybe that's human nature. We want people we want some savior we want some person who is 100% right about everything that we can just listen to because that's the easiest way just listen to this person they're right about everything you know i live in hollywood and uh you know the me too movement has basically been fostered here and uh, you know shoved down our throats out of here you know i've been pretty vocal that i think it was a giant psyop and there's my friends on the other side that have been the ones who have been very much into it not you know, for me, I tell them, it's like, dude, we agree on 99% of the stuff. We don't need to flamethrow a friendship because we don't agree on one subject. And I say that to a lot of the uh, the liberal friends of mine. It's like, you and I probably agree on most stuff except for, like, guns and Hillary Clinton. That doesn't mean our friendship of 15 years needs to go out the door because we don't agree on one thing. I do not want to live in a world where I only am friends with people that agree with me. I would love all the information. And listen, man, through recovery, dude, I, you know, I'm in recovery. And, like, I've learned to, like, there's if you're wrong, you just, hey, man, I was wrong about that, dude. I admit it. Let's, you know, I'm, I'm going to be out here. I'm going to tell you I, I, I was wrong about that. There's nothing wrong with that, man. I'm not perfect. I'm human. I'm flawed. And I'm going to get most, a lot right, but I'm, I might get some wrong, too. And there's nothing. We are more alike than we are different. And politically, it's the same thing. We don't have to agree on, like, conspiracies. Like, if you don't see it the exact same way everybody sees a conspiracy, yeah. you're either wrong or you're a shill. It's like, no, we agree on 90% of this. We don't agree on these little bitty parts. You know, it's like me and Ryan Dawson. I love Ryan Dawson. He's wonderful. We kind of have a disagreement on the Israeli art students. He doesn't think they were in there. I think they were in the building. Doesn't mean I don't agree with 99% of the things that guy says because he's a wonderful researcher and I love when he's on my show. But I wouldn't flamethrow my friendship with him because we disagree on Israeli art students. It's just a tiny little detail in this bigger thing that we all agree on. Yeah, 9-11 is, is a touchy uh, topic because it, it showed how everybody fighting for the same thing can turn on each other. And it's amazing how 9-11, how that worked out. You, you saw people that would fight and argue over these details. And it's like, does it really matter? Aren't we all fighting for the same thing, exposing the fact that there was a crime that happened, there was a conspiracy that happened, nobody went to prison, people died, and and there was a giant cover-up. And it's like, no, well, that's not important. Let's argue about did a plane hit the Pentagon or did did a plane not hit the Pentagon. It's like, and again, like that we end up eating ourselves and just 
Do you think the JFK conspirators didn't learn anything from the reaction to the JFK cover-up? Of course they did. And what's one of the main lessons is the intense territorialization of that field of study. So that now, I mean, every time I've ever had anyone on to talk about JFK, it's like stepping in a landmine field because someone will say something that someone else, uh, some other researcher, oh, no, but that was debunked 37 years ago in this book by this person. And so this person's a shill and they're probably working for the CIA. I'm going to come on your program to refute what that guy said. And it's just a big landmine. And 9-11 has turned into the same thing now. But it's funny because I did that JFK special with uh, Jeff Marley, uh, James Eugenio and Russ Baker. And it's funny because I knew that there was going to be a lot of stuff they disagreed on right and if they weren't together talking and somebody couldn't say hey you know what this is my perspective it, it's a because even there was things that uh because jeff morley like everybody kind of has a different even uh, uh, jfk is kind of similar to 9-11 people like I, i've had lamar waldron on who's written a bunch of books on it he focuses on the mob you get the guys who focus on the cia you get the guys who focus on on whatever but when you get them all together and it's funny like i, I forget what specific uh, specifically it was but it was like i asked jeff about something he's like no i don't th- oh it was alan dulles he's like i don't think alan dulles knew what was going on which kind of blew my mind um but and then J- i'm like james what do you think you know james uh, uh Eugenio, and he goes on his spiel and and, and explains why he thinks he knew and and then jeff kind of you know kind of had a turn or uh turn in opinion a little bit you saw him transition a little bit and i think it's really important and that's why i try to do those shows and i try to do these shows where you get people with uh, slightly different opinions and get because i think when you get put when you put people together and you actually have a discussion about it they're much more likely to get along and and be like you know what you actually made a point then just have people say hey i don't agree with that guy's research or he doesn't agree with mine but you never really get somebody uh a opportunity to to fully express what they don't agree with or disagree with or express their opinions because a lot of times let's be honest like a lot of times people will say this is somebody's opinion and then you go and research you're like that wasn't actually their opinion you've kind of skewed it a little bit so uh but i think those type of discussions are really important it's important to get people together who don't agree i've had ryan dawson on my show I disagree with him on on some stuff too, and and I, honestly, I you know we talked about loose change, and he's very opinionated about how he thinks it's like complete bullshit, and it and I'm like wait wait wait, like and this is just my personal opinion, but I think even if some of the stuff in the film you don't agree with, like and this is just my personal opinion, like I said, I've had Jason Burmis on, he was one of my first guests on the show. That film was so important because it planted the seed of doubt and it and it put and, and it started the the road down a rabbit hole where maybe you found James's work, maybe you found Ryan Dawson's work, maybe you find uh, other yeah. people's work. And so I think it's not as important as to say, hey, you know, that that was complete uh, crap or that was complete crap and and uh, and, and, you know, and kind of talk shit about it but i think it's it's much more important to say hey like hey if somebody puts out work like we're all gonna be wrong sometimes i mean we've done a lot of episodes we're gonna be wrong you're you're gonna if i went back and and i had the tolerance to hear some really shitty episodes i did in the beginning of this podcast um, (laughs) uh, you know i I, i'm sure i would find a lot of my opinions that have transitioned in time and changed yeah you're allowed to dude you're allowed to ryan dawson's a very opinionated man i I, i'm sorry bro i'm in because he's not here to say anything he's a very and he's he's done a lot of research but at the end of the day you me him we all agree that it didn't go down the way it is so i mean i would never want anyone to think that you know that we don't agree on this stuff he's passionate about that you know i'm passionate about that michael jordan's a better basketball player than lebron james and i get super passionate and i get why he can get super passionate about that but at the end of the day we all have the same 
mission. Now, I don't know if we, I don't know if the mission is to expose the truth, but just for me, it's more about I like to. Ju- I think we're we're not conspiracy theorists, in my opinion. We're historians, and I think we talk about the unreported news from a historical standpoint. And we've kind of been labeled as conspiracy theorists to give people who don't want to hear what happened and out because. Things are going too good in their lives, man. I like being in Hollywood. I know a lot of these people who like are very vehemently anti quote unquote conspiracy. And I think because deep down inside, you go, well, I believe this, but they won't ever go on the record, which is fine because things are going too good for them. And if you sit there and go, something's going on, it means you're either participating in it or you got to stop what you're doing and start going, start going, hey, what's going on here? Or they have kids. And they don't want to believe that they're bringing these kids into this awful world that's going on. And for me, I don't think it's an awful world. I think we have a small group of people who are the same people who have terrorized humanity over the millenniums. And I don't know if we'll ever stop them. I don't know if it's possible. You know, you said last time, James, that it doesn't have to be this like this, that we can all come together. I still have hope about that. But for us, the the conspiracy people, we're just historians. We're no different than someone who's an expert in Roman times or, you know, in the um, medieval times and can tell you all the queens and all the kings. And all. I don't think we're any different than that. We've just been labeled crazy people because we take truth to power and that scares some people or that's at least what they want us to think. That's yeah. my opinion. Honestly, that, uh, yeah, you bring up something that annoys me more than anything else. I get a lot of people, you know, in their day-to-day life, they... They may secretly have their suspicions or doubts, but they don't want to go out with it and out on a limb and blah, blah, blah. Okay, I get it. But I've heard from people in journalism, journalists whose name people would know, who come and say, uh, you know, I appreciate what you're doing. Thank you for doing it. But no, no, I'm not going to come on your show. I wouldn't, <laughs> I would never do that. <laughs> it's, it's, it, that is very frustrating because, again, who's ever going to know? Who's ever going to understand what's really happening behind the scenes of these people who are being paid to tell you lies and they're secretly yeah yeah we know but we can't really say anything and they won't say anything because exactly as you say it's comfortable for them yeah so don't yeah go 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 ahead i just think it's amazing what people do for a paycheck and it's just like no paychecks ever there's a minute of euphoria when you see a paycheck but at the end of the day it's like you got to live in this world you created. And at the end of the day, I'm not saying I walk on water or anything, but I try to be true to people around me. And I, I have a lot of empathy for, uh, for, for people. I think we're missing a lot of empathy. And I think that's another thing about conspiracy theorists is like we're historians, but we also see that there's people getting hurt. And like if we, we just can't sit around and, and co-sign on it, man. Like, I live in L.A. I look out my window right now. I see palm trees and green trees. And I go, what a wonderful time to be alive. And I know there's people in Yemen that are like, why was I born into this world? And how my country that I, I, I pay taxes to, that I have to pay tax to or else I'll go to jail and they'll make an example of me. That if I don't pay taxes into this thing, which is which is straight up thievery. You know, that they an outside entities make me pay taxes to them that I'm not even part of my government that so they can fund the war machine so they can have stormtroopers that are terrorizing people around the world. 
And that's hard to me. So the only thing I can do, because people always go, what are you going to do about I do the only thing I can do, which is shed light onto it, let people see what's really going on. And hopefully something grabs root and sprouts and you can see it happen in real time. And that's to me the amazing thing about what we do is when we see it happen in real time, you're like, oh, I wasn't wrong. You know, this whole thing about the Pfizer report and Russiagate. We were all saying this before. Nothing's there. And not that Trump's a good guy at all. We don't think he's a good guy. But at this thing, on this issue, it's not real. It's a made up thing. And because they can't go after him for what they really should be going after him, which is being a war pig, man. Because all their bosses signed the checks, make money off a war. So they can't call him out on that. And And it makes me sad. Yeah, I think empathy is a really important point because we've all done podcasts and, and episodes on, uh, you know, the pedophilia thing. You know, uh, you know, I've had uh, Matthew Valenti, Valentis, you had him on too, uh, Sam, I believe, from uh, the Open Secret uh, uh, film, from um, also the uh, Brian, uh, whatever his name is, that, uh, that Singer. Did, yeah, uh, no, not Brian Singer, the guy who did uh, the the Franklin Scandal book. Um, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah, I Nick Bryant, I believe, something like that. But uh, great. But these podcasts doing these and I'm sure uh, let me know if you guys agree with me, like talking about this stuff, especially when, you know, you probably I mean, James and I have kids. I'm sure you have, uh, uh, you know, little ones in your family that you love somewhere out there. I got kids somewhere (laughs) out there. But but the thing is, it's really hard to do these episodes like it's hard because it pulls at your heartstrings and you hear about what's happening and what you know, you hear uh personal stories and you you hear about how how evil and just and and you put yourself in, in the position of the parent that that has the, the thing happen to the child or or even put yourself as a child like just being tortured and 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 scarred and traumatized forever it's not easy things to talk about but we talk about it because my uh, my heart hurts and i and it's the only thing i feel like i can do is talk about it and put it out there to let people know this stuff does happen it's not one of those things where it only happens in movies and we think it happens you know it's it's all bullshit it's a huge issue it's a, i mean there's a, that documentary um missing 411 it's about uh uh how many kids uh go missing in state parks and they have like zero a database on any of it so you can you can never look into it you can never and there's this one guy who worked for um, a state park was a high-ranked guy who ended up writing the book and and I believe doing a documentary and he just he's like this is ridiculous he's like there's literally there's no database and if there's you can't follow up on anything kids thousands of kids just go missing like parents will turn around kids are playing yeah. here and, and it's like and i'm not saying it's connected but i'm saying there's a lot i mean it's not out of the realm of possibility and and when people bring stuff up uh like that it seems completely like a fantasy like it's crazy like a horror movie like some some theme you'd see in a horror movie but this stuff really happens like you know seville which you did a great documentary or a short um, a podcast documentary type thing on on uh, the Seville guy, the, the UK English guy, who's friends with the royal family, and only after he passed away did everybody speak up and say things. And even the Penn State stuff—I mean, look at the cover-up there. You know, there's a, I believe, a district attorney that went like missing and and all this stuff. And he was a. Uh, uh, oh yeah. Yeah, I mean, so and there's tons of money involved, and and uh, you know, you, uh, James has done great uh, uh, videos on the D- DC Madam, and anytime you you expose how sick. And, and you know sexually sick and or whatever uh, those in power are it's not you know those people disappear something bad happens to them and it's it's 
it, it's hard to talk about and and it does pull your heartstrings but somebody has to because if we if people like us don't have those hard conversations it's going to be one of those things where ignorance is bliss and it's funny because uh, i'm thinking about james's uh, uh wife i know we've talked about this and i know sam's talked about his uh, his girlfriend how we all live with the same type of women who to them ignorance is bliss they don't care about any of this stuff that we're talking about and nearly as much as we do and um and and so and it's okay for some people to uh, to to go along like that but you also need people like us who are willing to have those hard conversations and are willing to talk about this stuff because uh if not then who will and 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 nobody talking about it means it's going to continue yeah yeah sure and and, yeah i mean there is something to the uh to the idea that you can be kind of traumatized from second degree, I guess, something like that. Because uh, I, I just talked about this on my Propaganda Watch the other week. I, I just did that TSA episode of my podcast, and I got to a point researching that I just couldn't watch any more videos. Watching, you know, children being molested there and screaming and crying, and the, the parents trying to go, oh, just just, just follow, the, follow the rules, just follow the orders, it's, it'll be okay. And just watching that over and over, it's, it's truly traumatizing after a while. It's really hard to put those kind of things together. Yeah, doing this type of research isn't easy. People think that it's all like it's just fun because it's it's this and it's that and it's just oh we're 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 and there is some sense of like it, you almost feel like a investigative journalist when you find dots that are you know you connect the dots and you're like holy shit this guy's friends with that guy or oh I didn't know this guy was CEO of this company that had in- interest in-. and it, that part is kind of fun it is I mean I can't I can't say otherwise it's fun when you connect those dots but when you get to the really dark stuff it it, it it's not easy and it is I mean even watching your TSA video was hard so I could just imagine uh you know actually m- making it and uh and but these things need to be exploited they need to be exposed and highlighted and somebody does need to do that that hard work and uh because if not then we're all just sheeple and we go along with the herd and and you know and then that's exactly i mean to 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 feel and you get i'm I'm sure a lot of people you know say this to you and they've said it to me like well what can you do what can you know what can you really change it's like sparking these conversations is creating ripples of change there's people out there who are going to think twice next time they go to tsa they might be outspoken and and we know groupthink. we know when one person's outspoken it's much more likely that the next person's going to be outspoken you know it's going to be you know you see those videos where nobody helps somebody on the on the ground but the second somebody helps then all of a sudden everybody comes you know so it's like these yeah little, dude yeah what is culture other than people modeling a certain action that then gets picked up by other people. I mean, that's what it is, and that's how it starts. And yeah, ripple effect is a great name for it because that is that is exactly how it happens. And that's what I talked about in that TSA video. That's also something that's really hitting home because of some of the research I'm doing right now on some of these roundtable groups and things from a century ago. And the point that keeps coming home is that these you know planners of the world, these conspirators to control everything. No, they really don't. What they do is seed ideas into the political discourse or into the popular discourse that they hope will flower and other people will start to pick them up and they can change the direction of society because of ideas. It is ideas that guide history, not people. It's not people controlling every single thing that happens. It's controlling your mind. And that's why, ultimately, I do think this is a positive and hopeful message. It's this. It's the solution that no one ever thinks of as a solution and no one wants to hear. But the reason there is this 
concerted effort to propagandize every single person on the planet and they're they're putting all their money and effort and energy into feeding you false ideas is because it does matter ideas really do matter and if you see if you break out of that narrative construct they've got you in if you really can break out of that into something else that is the real way of escaping the system and you when you model that for other people well the other people will start to pick up on that and model it too we can change history we can do this this is this is something that can be done it's a lot harder to do when we don't have the bajillions of dollars and control over media and all of this sort of stuff but it can be done and especially in this little window of time where we still average guys sitting in their living room still can reach millions of people. How long will that last? I don't know. But at any rate, it it is here right now. This is an incredibly important time. I I I honestly believe if they weren't afraid of it, they wouldn't be trying to snuff it out. Uh, all this alternative stuff on YouTube or all these other um, websites that are popping up. If if it. If knowledge was in power, they would let us do whatever they want. And the fact that I feel like more and more, like especially with these false flags that you've seen happen, whether you want to believe them or not or what they really represent, I feel like they did a couple and they got no traction on it like they used to back in the day because there was a, a giant movement to explain why this isn't what you see it is. And I think that was an interesting movement that that actually this pushback is real and it scares them. And when they're saying they're not going to do 9-11 videos or they're not going to do flat earth videos or they're not going to do um, uh, false remedy stuff. And I know why they won't do false remedies because they're owned by big pharmaceuticals and they're only calling it false remedy because it's not one of their things. Makes me wonder what the other videos and why they're so angry about them, regardless of what you believe in or not. You know, there's a reason why they pick those select videos as this is what we're going to deal with. So we do have knowledge. We do have power. And like the more I have, you know, me doing your guys's podcast is like such a blessing. You know, this whole show, I'm just like, please don't let my vocabulary discuss James the whole time. I'm like, work at the highest level I can. So he doesn't. So he still wants to do shows with me. But. You know, when I bring in all these other guys from, like, I got the, the the block is hot, and it's these two guys from Fulton, two black guys from Fulton's. Pat Middleton is coming in right now, everybody. Pat Middleton is about to join the end of the podcast. Pat, <laughs> Pat, Pat, all right, goodbye, everyone. Pat, we're about to wrap it up. But the point is, like, I'm bringing all these other people onto the show, and, uh, you know, they have a different perspective. But, you know, what you find more and more is that we – all see basically the same thing and these people are going to go to their communities and their listeners and they're going to say hey these guys see like we do it now tribes start coming together and i, and I you know, like when i do a show in la i'm gonna look out it's predominantly mexican Me and mexican americans and i'm like wow because when you think of conspiracy theorists you think like look at the look who's on the screen right now white guys who you know who are, <laughs> right and it's just like wow these are packed with latino guys who, who believe it all and then when i do these other shows that there's a lot of black people at the show and it's like that lets me know that there's a big big audience out there and that we're all starting to bring them together and this scares people in my opinion but maybe i'm wrong yeah well you know? Uh, to, to throw Pat in here, one, we were talking about how people will disagree on one specific issue, 
and then complete disregard all their good research. The last time we did the swap cast, I would get people who were like, oh, Pat seems like he defends Trump a little too much, this and that. you know. And I'm just like, what about all the other great work they do on the conspiracy farm? And I think that's another... Oh. <laughs> I thought you were telling me to be quiet. Hard to do a podcast. <laughs> I'm sorry. Hold on. Hashtag daddy life. <laughs> yeah, hashtag daddy life. I love this. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> well, this is the well, this is one of the things where you know I try to censor my swearing <laughs> once in a while, but uh, but people know that these are real conversations. Sorry about that. Yeah, yeah. I apologize. Like it's I said, okay, I, dude. I've got a sick five-year-old, so I apologize. Uh, my my oldest daughter's taking care of her now. Uh, but yeah, what you were what you were alluding to, people uh, disagreeing on one one point. We should all be able to disagree and and move on and. And not see things 100% because, you know, you've got people that believe in Q, people that don't believe in Q. You've got people that back Trump, people that don't back Trump. But everybody has a common thread of, well, we're, sh we're getting, a little, getting a little weird on the globalist side of things. They're getting a little obvious on the on some of the stuff they're pulling. You know? Actually, didn't Jason Burmis, he actually interviewed the, the people who started the whole Q thing? Would anybody follow up on that? Anybody see that video? Well, I've just known that like every two weeks, another person comes out and says they started Q. And, yeah. you know, it goes kind of back to what James was talking about, that article he puts out. You can say whatever you want about Q, and I'm fine if you say it's not real or it's real. But all I know is I got I got information from there that I didn't get from the mainstream media, which was North Korea, Facebook, the Pfizer report, and a lot of stuff. So whatever that represented, I don't know. I can't. You know, I don't believe they're going to allow something like that to roam freely without taking it, like slicing and dicing it and impersonating it. I don't think that whatever it was or whatever it is, I got information that I never got from the mainstream media about like a bunch of stuff that was going on. So, again, it goes back to what James was saying. It's like, yeah, you may not like all of it, but within this, you know, a broken clocks right twice a day. So, you know, we could sit there and go, I got a little information from this that wasn't given from everybody else. What other Again, you got to take what information you can verify. And then the other information that you can't verify, there is always going to be that. And what do you do with it? And that's going to be a, that's going to be your personal determination, you know, to what extent you trust this. But always we should try to demarcate, you know, what we can actually verify versus what we cannot verify and keep those things in our minds. Because you might have to revise those things that you can't verify for yourself. And I'm fine with that. I mean, I, I never plant my flag in anything. I think you're, if you plant your flag in something, you're just going to spin off and control. It's like, here's what here's what I think is going on. Let's see how it plays out. And But nothing is 100%. And it's just like, you know, for you me. Just, you just showed more, more ethics and more honesty than all of mainstream media combined on the Jesse Smollett attack, dude. Yeah, yeah, it's right? it's crazy. They want that so bad to be real. Everybody pushed back, and now you see all these guys on Twitter going, "We knew it wasn't real." I'm like, "Well, then why do you say anything? Why do you why did you let this thing fester and become a race war between militant blacks and militant whites who want to start fights with each other? Why the middle's just like, dude, this is disgusting either way. Even if it happened or this guy's lying, see it's that's not what it was about though. That's I don't think that's what it was about. I, sure, there's the the automatic division that's going to happen um, if they never proved that it wasn't true. Thank God for the Chicago police professionalism 
and, and unwinding this whole thing. But what it was about was um, Mrs. Harris and Mr. Booker passing a, a law, an anti-lynching law against the LGBT community because it was just to drum up votes and support. That's all it was. That the whole thing was, was orchestrated, in my mind, exactly the way it went down. And they had a bill ready to go. They already passed it. Yeah, it's gross, man. And again, we with these false flag stuff, and we just allow people to. I want to know how come we have Congress and the Senate that has a lifetime appointment if they, they just keep getting reelected, yet we have mayors that can only do eight years and uh, state senators who only do eight years, but yet at this highest level, they can go on until they die. And we just, and we, which we don't like when Diana Feinstein or Barbara Boxer or any of these people get reelected after scandal after scandal, where it's it, where I've been questioned whether elections are at all real at so all. Think about this, Sam. Think about this. So they tried to get me to run for U.S. Senate. Um, that's one step below the president, for God's sakes. I was a professional fighter, but the state of a lot of people, a lot of pretty big name GOP people. We're starting to jump on board, and I saw kind of the process uh, that I didn't really like, you know, the, the people that were going to be paying the bills. But if I ran for Congress or U.S. Senate, you know how I would win 100%? How? That I would promise to kick the shit out of everyone when I arrived. <laughs> vote me in 100%. <laughs> I would like to watch that, dude. Oh, you versus Lindsey Graham would I be I think the jail time would be worth it. Yeah, sure. You know, we need a hero, Pat. You're our hero, dude. You're our hero. In fact, you come in at the end of a podcast like a champion. Like you're gonna break, hey, you're going to break me out of prison after I do it? For sure, dude. You're the Sugar Ray, dude. You're just winning the end of the rounds at the last 10 seconds by throwing a bunch of punches. I, I respect up, that, dude. I, I wound up. I've been wound up all day on a lot of stuff. So, yeah. So, sorry to come in so late, though. I apologize. Uh, it's fine, dude. We're happy you even made it, dude. We're happy you even made it, dude. Better late than never. What's your yeah. What's your opinion on uh, the Venezuela thing, Pat? You uh, you you think it's uh, are you? Uh, I think it's a combination of I think it's a combination of you know when Chavez was in power, strong arming and and taking over the oil industry and doing doing that sort of stuff that you know. Know, wants government to take over private industry. Nobody loves nobody loves big oil either. But you know, you you, you know, I I never never am for big government getting bigger like that and taking over industries and and everything else. But obviously, the the people in Venezuela were also eating their family pets because we had some pretty harsh Thanks. some pretty harsh uh, blockades on them. You know, so well, so we just we're, we're definitely we're definitely uh, very responsible for. For a large amount of the suffering, and and it's it's and no you know my, my special my my buddies that are all former military guys, every one of them that I've talked to, you know, they were saying this easily a year ago, saying don't go into Venezuela, don't go into Venezuela. You know damn good and well, we've already got radio stations set up. The CIA's already got radio stations set up on the on the border of Colombia, and they're. They're transmitting a message into Venezuela to all the people. They're doing all kinds of stuff. So I love your uh, haunted door you have in the background, James. <laughs> that was that was fun to listen to. The spirits of that. Right. Well, for me, dude, it's like the eating of the pets is a direct relation, 
direct re, uh, reaction from us and these in trade the embargoes, yeah. these sanctions. And, you know, it's like I get that people don't like socialism and I'm fine with that. But we already have socialism and it's rich people socialism. It is uh, it is the bailing out of the banks. It's the military. Oh, it's yeah. the police. It's thing. And it's like health care for all these politicians for life. So this notion that we hate socialism is just disgusting. And I understand what Pat's saying about big government. But you know what? I'd rather the people of the, of the country get part of their oil and their resources that are under their land than these war pigs who are constantly stealing everybody's milkshakes, man. And it's just like, I don't know how this Venezuela government having their oil is worse than these guys who've committed atrocities, atrocities that have been blanketed and gift wrapped as as uh, humanitarian efforts of the slaughter of like million. I mean, like, dude, we I mean, like, can anyone tell me, are we not the new Nazis? Are we not the new Nazis? What do you mean, new? What do you mean new? Or like the kingdom, we're just a branch of it, right? We're a continuation, man, or whatever it is. Like we're just a, we're just a new phase of it. We're, and it's just like it just. I mean, like listen, yeah, man, we're pushing our ideology on other people, and it's it's no, and we're invading yeah, everybody. Yeah. And we're, we're it's not that it's it's amazing how how people will like we talked about uh, in the beginning of the podcast about uh, communism socialism you know we did it all over central america and south america we did, we did it all over the world like using that as a justification to get involved and if a country wants to be run using a different ideology if, if a if a country decides i mean we're not i mean there's t sweden i mean there's tons of socialist countries you know we're not invading all of them you know it's like we're picking and choosing you know venezuela just happens to have the biggest oil reserve and and um, i believe like the Koch brothers are owed a bunch of money too and and all this other stuff uh so it, it is uh you know it, it it is one of those things where uh, i think that's going to show up but <laughs> you might as well t tell us sam because i think that <laughs> that's going to show up on the video it just said uh, i gotta leave in a few but um no but it, but it, it's it's all right but uh yeah so i think i think you know using these i mean every country the people should should have the right to run their country any way they want uh no outside influence should decide or dictate that no you know it's it's no different than a socialist country if that, that had a huge military decide that hey this country is capitalist then we don't like the way that you know we don't like capitalism because we think it's evil let's invade them so uh you know i, I do think that here's uh, the way i and here's the way i see that is um the people never get a chance to decide luckily we have a constitution that's been it's been you know people have been wiping their asses with it for many years but <laughs> If, if if we if we held our leaders to you know the same the same level of constitutionalism that people many 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 years ago did, there'd be a lot of dead politicians. But isn't I isn't, mean, isn't the constitutional? Of, the, the, you know, so for me for me it's it's it comes down to it comes down to uh, democracy scares the shit out of me because when you got fifty one percent who tell you that you have to do something. Like vaccinate your kids, you know. Like you've got to pay into this, you've got to pay into that. Obamacare alone. Look, I get it. There's a lot of sick people that don't have medical care. I get it. But you know what? I'm trying to take care of my my house here. And if what I try to explain to people is this: is if if they would stop taxing the hell out of everyone, if they would stop, if they would slowly back off the social programs and 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 certainly corporate, that, that should be cut literally almost immediately, um, subsidies, everything else, 
that eventually benevolence from mankind, your fellow citizens, is going to show up a lot more. And people are going to start caring about their fellow citizens. There's animosity between citizens now because they're robbing from one and giving to the other, right? And we see that happening more and more and more, and it creates this, this uh, it does, it creates some, some animosity between citizens of, hey, man, I'm barely getting by. I got taxes coming up. I'm scrambling to pay my taxes. And you, you, guys, are, you guys are robbing me at every turn. But yet there's people out there that, you know, um, I, I, my first example of this is I was struggling. I had a rusty truck sitting out in the parking lot. I bought some some uh, eggs. I bought some chicken. I bought some, and the guy paid for uh, some steaks and stuff with food. And this is literal. This is when I was in my 20s and starving. I was just starting to fight. And uh, he got into a brand new car. And I was, I was, I just went, that's how, it, this, this is not, this is not fair, man. This is not cool. I don't dig this. Now, obviously, there's people out there that genuinely need help and deserve help from their fellow citizens from however it ends up there. But I'm telling you, the benevolence of mankind would totally would totally blossom if government would stop um, controlling their citizens in this way because they enslave them by giving things to them and enslave us by taking. So, Can I ask one question? To everybody, I don't know if you guys have seen this new thing that's going on in the United States, but uh, if you get a weed card, you cannot carry a gun. In a lot of um, states, that's the truth, yeah. That's what so do your guys take on that's that? It's fucking stupid. It's a, How is that legal? I can go buy as legal? much whiskey as I want. And you right. know, and carry a gun. It's it's. I there, I know a kid I just went to school with who uh who got caught selling weed and you know got arrested and it was all over the news and all this stuff and and everybody's like, oh, you know, he got caught with all, all that weed. This and that. I'm like, they didn't arrest him because of the weed because it's basically fucking legal. They arrested him because the mob didn't get their cut with all that money. That that weed yeah. was being sold on the black market at uh right. at, you know probably at a cheaper price and freely through between people and it wasn't getting taxed so the mob came in you know also known as the government and said no we need our cut you were doing this without us knowing you know and so we're gonna throw you in a box and and you know that's that's the thing and and um but you know pat brought up something that i think is a maybe an interesting topic to, to hit on on the next uh episode when we get together is this whole universal income thing and we we you know we've all talked about robots taking jobs uh, humans, are, you know, eventually we're going to get to the point where you can't stop technology advancing and eventually there's going to be less jobs. And if there's less physical jobs and, and robots can take those jobs, how do you how do you engineer a, a society that works? Do you do a universal income? Do you do, you know, uh, Rogan just had somebody on, um, you know, that's that's kind of running on that and broke it down. And it's an interesting thing. W would it be a good thing because people would have more time to do thinking things and, and uh, create things that that required creativity and something they were more passionate about than creating these what we're basically creating now are, are these robots who go to a factory and do the same thing every day and don't have I tell you, yeah and don't have I, I tell you though, I see how I see how this is viewed from you have to think like an evil elitist uh, when you when you envision how how they would engineer society with with uh, AI running everything there's no need for us anymore right there's no need for us anymore. So that just remove as many human beings from the face of the earth as you can, and the elitists just hang out and do their thing wherever they want, right? And <laughs> excuse me, and that's that's not even remotely a stretch. Look, 
I mean, if I could have 5,000 acres to myself in Montana right now, if I had the money to do it, I'd do it. And I particularly care to, you know, unless I really want to, see any human beings. Now, how do you think those people feel, dude? Those people are worth billions and billions of dollars. They could care less. We're bugs. Clear them out. We got AI to run everything. See ya. Get rid of humanity. Nothing but poison. Nothing but nothing Who but. Buys their products. Who buys products. their products? We're, the well, masses the are yeah. being farmed. We're just being farmed until we. Once we have no reason to be farmed. Once we're not. Once we can't work because AI is taking care of everything. And no reason to farm us anymore, dude. Yeah, yeah, it's. It, I, I think it's an interesting topic. Well, maybe maybe we'll save it for the next one because I think, uh, you know, UFC is on ESPN and uh, we have some sports fans on on this on this podcast. I know I want to see the that that fight and I know the All Star uh, games going on now. I, I, I was actually I, 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 I on my TV. I don't even watch MMA unless I'm calling fights, man. Oh, really? <laughs> hey, I get that. Too. I love it. It's a but, great time to be alive, man. It's but, a great time to be alive. But I think that's a, that's an interesting uh, conversation because I think we all might have different opinions on the whole. How do you, you know, because we we know that that without a doubt that's the road we're going down. Machines in time are going to end up taking jobs. How do you create a a a world that exists when this capitalistic um, machine only works if you have people working to make money to buy shit? And and this just in this vicious cycle, you know. Um, so it, it it is interesting. I mean, because I'm I'm not sure there is a, a answer, but I think uh, sharing ideas and, and discussing it would be interesting because uh, you know I think I'm far from from knowing where I stand on it. Well, I, I think it's gonna be interesting. All I know in the Terminator movies, there were no Rothschilds, right? <laughs> the Terminators didn't weren't cool with with lizard people. So whatever it is, they better wake <laughs> up because. If it comes for us, it will come for them too. So, I mean, that's just the truth. I, who knows, man? But I look forward to that conversation. I love having these conversations. Everybody on this conversation, I have nothing but the utmost respect for. The fact that you allow me to do this with you guys means the world to me. I respect all your projects and all the passion you put out and how hard you get work at just putting all this out. And, man, it's, it's just always a pleasure to do this, and we should always keep doing it as long as – Everybody's available, and our our fans all love it. Yeah, I I, I think it's it's a good example uh, of practicing what we preach. We talked about how it's important to to share ideas and 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 have your ideas challenged and talk to people you don't always agree with. And we do it. We do it in a civil manner. We all you know we, we don't always agree, but we're willing to to you know share our ideas and have our ideas challenged. And and I think that's how we grow. I mean, I I'm sure. We're all podcasters. We've all grown from our podcast conversations and, our, and many of our conversations we've had throughout our lives. And uh, yeah. and I think it's it's important to do this. Not not just talk to people you agree with, uh, but talk to, definitely talk to people you, you don't agree with because sometimes they shine light on a perspective you've never you know you've never even uh, entertained, and uh, it really changes uh, you know the way you look at things. So I, I think we're all you know having these type of conversations and, and showing that they can happen and 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 happen in a civil manner is, is super important to, uh, to people. Because I think a lot of times every conversation just turns into argument and nobody ends up agreeing with anybody. And it's just, you know, it's just basically defending your team. So, um, I think there's hope when you see that these type of conversations can't happen. And you know why I, I should come to Japan and we can have this conversation in real life sometime. I can't wait. I'm yeah. there. I'm booking a ticket right now. <laughs> yeah. Plus, we'll, we'll stick out. They'll know that we're uh, we're Americans, or at least not from Japan. 
So, uh, you know, they'll get us some extra female attention, I hear. <laughs> it doesn't hurt. <laughs> but uh, but thanks, guys. I really, really appreciate it. Uh, you know, like Sam said, let's keep doing these things. Uh, hopefully, uh, Pat will have – hopefully, your, your daughter's all right because uh, I know how tough a household is when, uh, when one of the kids gets sick. It goes around the whole house, and then it's with them and then the other child and the parents, and it kind of – Yeah, you know. well, I'm, I'm trying to stay healthy. Let's put it that way. So – but, uh, yeah, thanks again for letting me jump in here, guys, late and all. Yeah. Totally. You're the best, Pat. You really thanks brought it home, on. buddy. You're, you're the dessert. Pat, <laughs> you're the dessert, buddy. <laughs> James, everybody, thank hey, you guys, thanks, guys so much. I appreciate you guys. Hey, guys. All right. Thanks, guys. guys. Take care. Bye. Take care. Bye-bye.